How did Byron Buxton, Max Kepler, and Alex Kirilov grade in the 2021 season? I'm going to tell you today on Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Wednesday, October 27th, and I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Thanks for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the Spotify Greenroom app and find one of our Locked On rooms. we got some really cool rooms across uh, Major League Baseball for a lot of different teams. Again, this is Nash Walker, writer at Twins Daily, lifelong Twins fan bringing you five days a week coverage on the Minnesota Twins. Game two of the World Series tonight. Astros get on the board. Of course, get a win at home over the Braves. Jose Arquiti was very good. Max Fried was not for Atlanta. And this thing's going back to ATL, tied at 1-1. I think it's going to be a really good series. And I said this yesterday. We brought in Gordon Beckham, his little insider clips that we've been using. Great insight from Gordon about this series, about the Astros, about the Braves and what we should be looking for. I think they're very evenly matched. I think the Astros offense, when they get going, is probably a little bit more, you know, they have more facets and they have more ways that they can beat you. I think the Braves offense, they do miss Ronald Acuna Jr. Of course, when you lose one of the best players in the world, you're going to miss them. And I think that's that's happened for the Braves at times and, and might have happened tonight. But that's the beauty of baseball. Like anyone can win on any given day. Momentum sometimes is, is not a – a real thing. And sometimes it really feels like it is. Uh, you looked at that Astros Red Sox series in the ALCS, how it just felt like it shifted to the Astros so quickly when it looked like the Red Sox were going to take that series by storm and, and win in, you know, five games. And all of a sudden the Astros take it in six. And it's fun how these series can change and you can watch them change. It does make it disappointing as a Twins fan. Uh, as we look back 30 years ago today, the Twins winning the 1991 World Series. Uh, with Jack Morris on the mound against the Detroit, or excuse me, Jack Morris on the mound against the Atlanta Braves in 1991 at the Metrodome. Um, amazing, amazing moment, amazing day for Twins fans as we reflect back. And I think about, we just haven't been able to have like, it feels like every time the Twins are in the playoffs, they're out quicker than you can even break it down. Like you have one day to break down the fact that they made the playoffs, what to look for in the first round, what to look for in these games, what to look for from the Twins. And by the time you process that and you talk about it, they're out and the series is over. And I just hope more than anything, and this was the, the biggest thing coming into the year, I remember what would constitute a, a uh, positive season for the Twins? What would be a win of a season? Some people say it's World Series or bust. I could understand that. For me coming into this year, it was not winning a playoff game. It was winning a playoff series, at least one in 2021. And that's how high expectations were. And you look back and, and think about those expectations. It's kind of funny now, thinking back on it, uh, Twins finishing in last place. But that was my expectation for a successful season. If we were going to deem this season successful, they had to win a playoff series. And I think that's it's so fun to get in the playoffs and start to get through a series and get to games four, five, six, seven, and, and just the tension of that. I dread it equally. And like Tom Froming tweeted this before, um, subscribe to Tom's page as well. He does an amazing job and, and read his stuff over at TwinsDaily.com. Talked about it a little bit, how difficult it is to watch a team you're so invested in 
in the playoffs and how much you get invested into those games. And I remember sitting, watching the Twins play the Yankees in 2019 in my dorm room, um, sitting in this room three years ago, or I guess two years ago, uh, watching and just like sweating, like just so nervous. And then last year against the Astros again, so nervous. Like it's, it's fun, but it's also a little dreadful. And it is kind of fun to watch from the outside, but I'm hoping we get that run from the Twins soon. And in order to do that, they're going to need to have a great offseason. We'll continue to say this offseason's pivotal, and they're going to need to get progression from players that are currently on the roster if those players stay. And today we're going to look at three guys in their 2021 seasons, three guys who I think are so important for 2022 and beyond, whether they're on the team or what they bring back in a trade. So important for the future of this club. It's the outfield. It's the starting outfield for the Twins. It's Alex Kirloff, Byron Buxton, and Max Kepler. It's, it's what we looked at this year as their starting outfield for a team that was expected to contend in the American League Central. So when you look back on those seasons, a big part of what they did is going to impact how the Twins did because that's their entire outfield. That's That was expected to be, you know, those three were expected to be in the grass all year together. And it just didn't happen. And that's a big part of this when we talk about the, the time that was missed from all three of these guys, not just Buxton and Kirloff, but Kepler only played 121 games too. And we'll look at the full body of work. We'll look at the injury factor. We'll look at the projections, the expectations as we've been doing. And if you haven't, um, you know, heard some other report cards, you want to hear about the starting rotation. You want to hear about Donaldson, Simmons, Miguel Sano, Jorge Polanco's amazing year. We have episodes on YouTube and uh, wherever you get your podcasts. We're getting into the YouTube. I'm, I'm getting more uh, acclimated to it. I hope you're enjoying it. Subscribe to the page, please. Um, if you're a Twins fan and you enjoy these videos, leave a comment, leave a like, whatever you'd like to do, um, please do so. But I'm enjoying it. It's fun to be on video. And I, I did some post-game videos this year for Locked On, posting at Locked On Twins on Twitter and at Nash Walker 9 on Twitter, posting post-game videos. I uh, had fun with that. So I'm glad it's kind of parlaying into into this now into youtube videos but let's take a look at byron buxton because there might not be a more fascinating report card in 2021 than byron buxton for a lot of different reasons uh 61 games right there leave it 61 games i mean that's 61 out of 162 that's that's uh, a very small number of games and then you look at what he did in those 61 games hit 306 so when you look at buxton's body of work now it's very hard to, to find a flaw in this player in the player we saw this year it's very hard to find a flaw when he's on the field now his glaring flaw i should say it's easy to find a flaw is that he's often not on the field and that's maybe the biggest flaw that you can have as a player but when he's on the field he's flawless let's look at the numbers after the break i'm really excited to dive into buxton's numbers as we think about the biggest decision the twins have had in years uh, after this word from spotify green room spotify green room is a great place to go. You know, it's it's brought to you. This episode is brought to you by Green Room, but it's the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I've hosted Lockdown Twins rooms. You can check out other rooms. Green Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Green Room for watch parties, debates, post game breakdowns, and of course reacting to big news or rumors. You'll have a chance to chat with me and might even have a chance to be featured on the Lockdown Twins podcast or our Green Room Conversations. Go download the free Green Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. Follow me at NashWalker9 to be notified if my room goes live. 
I know you won't want to miss it. I'm planning to be live potentially starting uh, later this offseason or early next year. Can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Twins. See you there. Green Room changing the way we talk sports. Green Room is fun. I thought it was enjoyable. Took a little break. Um, but it is uh, it's fun to to interact a little bit more live, uh, certainly. Thank you for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Looking at Byron Buxton, amazing per-game production. As we know, if you watch the Twins at all this year, you were just even a little bit plugged into the Twins this year. You knew that Byron Buxton was amazing. Uh, the expectation coming into this year was that, was per-game production. I remember talking to Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill from Lockdown White Sox talking about Buxton and Sano, but especially Buxton and what he can bring when he's on the field. And we knew that coming into this year, but it was confirmed. Like we were validated. I felt validated saying Byron Buxton was a superstar when he was on the field because he is. And the expectation coming into this year, he's going to miss time. But the biggest question is how much time? Is he going to play 120 games? Is he going to play 100 games? Is he going to play 61 games? There's a huge difference between those three numbers. But the expectation is that he's going to miss time. Uh, projections from Pakoda. This is amazing to me. So Pakoda had him hitting 227 this year with a 283 on base percentage and slugging 421. That's not the amazing part, but that's like surprising to me, of course. Uh, but when you look at his past, like he he didn't have the numbers that he has now when he first came up, of course, in his first couple of years. They had him hitting 20 homers, 20 doubles, three triples. They had Byron Buxton as the 11th most valuable player in the American League while hitting 227 with a 283 on base percentage. And to me, what that says is he's so good defensively, he's so good on the bases, and he does so many things that help you win. To be projected as the 11th most valuable player in the American League with a 283 on base percentage and an OPS barely over 700 shows you the value that he brings. And if you want to look at it from a facts perspective, 2017 when Byron Buxton was good, offensively not great, still was uh, an MVP votes you know, top of the line player, top 20, 25 player in the American League because he's so, so good defensively, the best center fielder in the world. And the defense combined with this player at the plate, this newly formed, powerful, you know, dynamic offensive force is such an amazing player, Byron Buxton. And I've talked at length about why the Twins should extend him for those reasons, for the reasons of him being a leader and a good person and someone that you want to invest in. Uh, those are certainly those way heavily too for me and, and should for twins fans who want to see Byron Buxton extended. But the takeaways are it, it puts the future and the stakes of the future higher and in more question than they were before. There's, there's more questions and there are higher stakes about the future for Byron Buxton because who knows if he'll be on this team next year, who knows if he'll be on the team in 2023. We won't know that until maybe even the trade deadline next year, or even next offseason. We might find out this offseason, which makes this offseason even more interesting. Uh, the Twins' best player could be traded. And, and like the return, the the team that he goes to, all of those things, so interesting. And we'll continue to follow the developments in that way. But the takeaway is he's amazing, enjoying how amazing he is, while also acknowledging like, whew, like if you let him go and, and he stays healthy, and he's this guy for a full season, watch out. I mean, just watch out. And that could become one of the biggest mistakes the Twins ever make. It really could be. And, you know, some people will say, let him go. If he excels for another team, that doesn't hurt the Twins. I would argue and say, you know, I, can under, I understand that, but I can argue and say, um, 
it does hurt the twins because he could be doing it for them. <laughs> and like they they just you don't get a lot of opportunities to have a player like Byron Buxton. He just doesn't come around every day. And and I get it. The injuries are so frustrating and even more frustrating for him times a million. Um, but he just doesn't come around every day. And, and you have to take a chance at times with guys who you know are superstars. And the the hardest thing to do in baseball and in sports is develop a superstar. Some argue that Byron Buxton can't be categorized as a superstar because he's not on the field enough to be a superstar. I get it. But when he's on the field, he's a superstar. So to me, he's a superstar. Um, you, they don't come around every day. The Twins have only had a handful in the history of the team. Uh, guys who are classified as superstars, like guys who single-handedly change games on a nightly basis. You can maybe name four or five guys in Twins history who can do that. Um, you know, the Puckets, the Mowers, the Carews, the Killebrews. It's that group that I think Byron Buxton's a part of. And he's that special. And that's the takeaway. It's like he's he's this special. This is legit. And this decision on Byron Buxton is is one of the biggest the organization has to make or will have to make, I think, in a long time. After these words from Built Bar and Bet Online, let's talk about Max Kepler and Alex Kirloff. Byron Buxton's grade this year in A minus, amazing production. When he was on the field, uh, wasn't on the field enough to warrant an A. So I felt like that was uh, somewhat fair. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. And when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors while well, you're missing out, coconut, cherry, barsha, raspberry, mint brownie. That's my favorite, mint brownie. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. And not, all, not only are Built Bars the best tasting, but they're healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, which is huge for a type 1 diabetic like me. You can order today and get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Isn't that neat? Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKDOWN, you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKDOWN for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Bet online is back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Max Kepler, looking at his season, it's a disappointment. It's a disappointment, and maybe we shouldn't be disappointed because this is the player he was before 2019. He's now gone back to being that player. The expectations, though, for 2021 – were to be the player he was in 19 and 20 combined. He was a little worse in 2020, still above league average as a hitter, but he hit 246 with an OPS that was 19% above league average in those two years combined. That was a 40 home run pace over 162 games, 4.45 wins above replacement at baseball reference over 162 games. Very, very good player, borderline all-star level player. That was the expectation in 2021. Maybe naive with him too to expect that. Um, but Pakoda had something very, very similar for Max Kepler. The line, very similar. 244 average, 335 on base, 454 slug. The thing with Kep, it's okay if he hits two. It's it's a little bit like Miguel Sano. And we talk about Babip with, with Max too. And you hear about 
batting average on balls in play with Max Kepler. And we know now that it's not because of, of bad luck anymore and maybe never was because of the player he is. It's okay. Like it is for Miguel Sano. It's okay to hit 240 or 250. If you have an on-base percentage in the 330, 340 range and you're slugging over 450, that's totally fine. And that's who Kepler was in 19 and 20. Hit 246. And if you just look at the average, you're going to think, ooh, 246 for a corner outfielder. But then you look at the on-base ability. He draws walks. He doesn't strike out much. The slugging ability, the home run power. The problem this year is he hit 211, so he didn't hit 240. And his on-base percentage was 306. His slugging percentage was 413. You just can't. You can't have a line like that as a corner outfielder. I just don't think that that's tenable. 19 homers, 21 doubles, four triples. I made the argument in an, in an article earlier this year at TwinsDaily.com that Kepler drags down the offense when he's hitting like this as a corner outfielder. If he was a, an amazing hit uh, defensive shortstop, I'd say that that line's okay, especially on this contract. But as a right fielder, and he is a great defender in right, and, and that's what makes him still an asset and someone who could be traded. Um, certainly, and, and someone who is still valuable to the team. He's a good defender, but when you hit like he does, it's very hard to justify you being in the lineup, even if you are a great defender in right field. I would take a mediocre right field defender who you know has an 800 OPS or more over this Max Kepler. I just would, and, and especially when I have Byron Buxton in center field. Uh, and I know you can't rely on Buxton being in center field, but if Buxton's in center, you can take a, a little bit of a risk and have a worse defensive right fielder in my mind. Um, but when Ke when it's Kepler and Buxton, it's a tough duo out there. I mean, that's a great defensive duo. There is a lot of redundancy on this roster. I talked about it yesterday. I think Kepler at this point is a platoon right fielder. I mean, he doesn't justify starting against lefties after what he did in 2021 against lefties and in his career outside of 2019. 2019 is a clear outlier. Uh, but again, he's a great defender. He has a history of hitting. He's in his prime. There's a chance that he bounces back next year. And I don't mean bounce back to hit 36 homers again, but bounce back to being a solidly league above a, a solidly above league average hitter in 2022 and to bring that great defense which makes him uh, a clear asset future and kept in question with cap two uh remains to be seen what happens if another team sees more value in him but um that's a c minus for max kepler it's hard to to give him uh, anything higher than that it was a disappointing year alex kirilov the numbers his ops plus was the exact same as max kepler but it was very different because this is a good example of expectations because of expectations because of projections and because of Alex Kirloff being a rookie, uh, I felt very differently about his season and also the injury factor with him too. Expectations, I thought he'd hit about 250, 325 on base, slug 410, OPS in the 700 and 720 range, uh, 18 homers, two wins basically. Uh, Pakoda had him hitting 254 this year, 304 on base, 403 slug. So ballpark, kind of what I expected from him in 2021. They had him hitting 13 homers. Wins above replacement, they had him for 0.4. So low wins above replacement. With Kirilov, I actually came out of 2021 with mixed feelings, but the talent was on display. When he was healthy, his power was ridiculous. And the biggest question with Alex Kirilov was never, is he going to be able to hit at the major league level? There was a, a confidence. When you hear, heard about Alex Kirilov, when you watch Alex Kirilov, he's going to hit. He's going to hit line drives at the major league level. He's going to have singles, doubles. You know, he's going to hit for a high average. Never a question. It was how is his how is his power going to develop? Is he going to be a 10 or a 15 home run bat? Or is he going to be a 25 or 30 home run bat? And I think when he was healthy, he showed that he has the potential to be a 25, 30, 35 home run bat from the left side. He's going to the opposite field. Hit the ball so hard this year. Expecting slugging percentage in the same range as Juan Soto, Josh Donaldson. 
I mean, he crushes the ball. And for that reason, I'm super excited for 2022 for Alex Kirilov. With that being said, the wrist, I mean, he just had surgery on his wrist. Second time in his last two full seasons, he's had wrist issues. So I worry about that and with the history of the Twins and what we know is uh, top prospects get hurt. And, and a lot of times for the Twins, those prospects uh, sometimes stay hurt. I hope that's not the case with Alex Kirilov. I hope we can break out of that out of that uh, trend. But Alex Kirilov has slept on for 2022. I think he is a a sleeper MVP candidate for the Twins in 2022. And, um, you know, I hope a borderline all-star next year. I think he has that in him, and I think he showed us that this year. I'm super excited about him for all the reasons I mentioned, the power that he showed. But also, I think as he develops more discipline at the plate, drawing a couple more walks, you know, I think he's going to be a really tough out in the middle of the Twins lineup for the next six years, and I can't wait to watch him. Hope you enjoyed the episode today. Thank you so much. Alex Kirloff, by the way, gets a B for his season. Um, before he got hurt, I thought he was tremendous. Thank you so much for watching. Follow me on Twitter at NashWalker9. Follow the show at Lockdown Twins. Uh, thank you again. Consider subscribing to the channel. Leave a comment. Leave a like. Whatever you want to uh, want to do. Thank you so much, and go Twins. We'll be back tomorrow.